Welcome back to the Euctropolis Podcast. I'm your host, James Hill. In this week's episode, we're going to explore a very common question, and that is, do I really need to learn how to read sheet music? We're going to see why the answer is yes and no. Stick around. So, do you really have to learn how to read standard notation? Well, before we go any further, what is standard notation? <laughs> standard notation in music is what you think of when you imagine a sheet of music. You know, it's got lines on it, and there's a bunch of dots on those lines. And that's kind of it, you know. It's what you imagine Mozart would have been writing with his quill and ink. Dots on a page, and somehow that's supposed to make music? Well, before we get any further, I want you to download from the link in the uh, show description here, I want you to download the cheat sheet that I always give out to students that shows them the most common notes on the ukulele fretboard and how they look on the musical staff how Mozart would have written these notes down with little dots on lines and spaces. And this sheet will give you just the most common notes, which amount to the C scale. C, D, E, F, G, A, and B. That's kind of the, the basis of everything we do with notation on the ukulele. And if you go to the show notes and click on the link, you will see all these notes, the way they look on the fretboard, and the way they look on the sheet music. So it'd be good to have that in front of you if you are following along with this episode. So to get to our questions from this week, and don't get me wrong, it's not just this week. This question comes up a lot. And if you're a teacher, I'm sure you've had to field this question from students before, and you will again. <laughs> um, it came up twice this week. Uh, first from Colin, who is working on the ukulele way. He says, I didn't realize we'd be using standard notation throughout this method. I did think we'd be using tabs, but I will manage. <laughs> and it also came up here with um, Glendon. Glendon is working on the ukulele way as well and says, do I have to learn the notes written like piano sheet music? Meaning, do I have to learn what the dots mean uh, in order to go through this method? Well, the answer, really, the only answer, is the somewhat unsatisfying yes and no. So let's explore together what that means. First of all, let's get one thing really clear. The written music, the standard notation... Whatever it is that is on the page that represents the music is not the music. <laughs> Let's get that really clear. Although in English, we use the term the music to mean the sheet music, as in, hey, do you have the music for that uh, song? Can you pass me the music for that song? That is a confusing thing to do. My friend um, Tobias Ilof who's from Denmark, he was uh, telling me that in Danish, they have a different word for 
the sheet that the music is written on. I guess we do too. We call it the score. But it's very common for people to,、uh, in English, use the term the music to refer to the piece of paper that the music is written on. And okay, that might be a sort of a semantic thing, but I think it has an impact. I think, I think we start to believe on some level that the piece of paper is the music, when of course the piece of paper is just a piece of paper. And the music is what comes out of the instrument. The music is what comes out of your soul. The music is what is transmitted through the air and through the vibrations. That's the music. And we don't really need the piece of paper to make that happen. Let's get one thing really clear the sheet music is not the music. That being said, <laughs> for a very long time, we've used that piece of paper. To transmit music from one person to another, from one generation to another, from one teacher to one student. It's really powerful to be able to write things down and transmit ideas from one person to another. And before we came up with sound recordings, whether that was the wax cylinder or the CD or the MP3 or the vinyl record, before that, a long time before that, we had. Other ways of transmitting music. And that was to write it down. But of course, the important thing is that you can't write down very much when it comes to music. When you try to capture music with pen and ink, it's like trying to catch the wind in a butterfly net. Now, most of it just passes right through, you can't grab onto it in that way. And so when you do end up scribbling down a few little Dots and lines on a page, you end up with what amounts to kind of a, a recipe or an outline. And the musician has to put a lot of the soul back into the music. The musician is entirely responsible for that soulful quality that gives the music its life. You know, I guess sheet music is kind of like dehydrated music <laughs> in a way. It's like, you know, the musician has to. You know, rehydrate it to, to bring it back to life. Just add water and boom, hopefully you get the music back again. And that's the job of the musician. All that to say, the music is not the sheet music, and we should never confuse the two. Lucky for us, there are now many, many modern ways of transmitting this information. It's not just Mozart with his. Pen and ink and you know, feather quill, writing this down by candlelight. You know, it's not that anymore. We have lots of new ways of transmitting this. One of those is tablature, tablature being lines that represent the strings and numbers that represent the frets. And for some people, they find that this is an easier way to represent、um, music for a particular instrument. We also have in Uh, Euctropolis, we've got a lot of video close ups during the lessons, so you can see exactly where I'm putting my fingers. And you can pause, you can replay, you can even slow down the video so you can really、uh, see up close exactly where the fingers are going. We've also got comments. So, if you're not sure about you know, a particular passage and you're trying to figure it out by ear, say you're not. 
reading the music at all, you can just ask me. And I'll say, oh, well, I'm using you know, the index finger on the third fret in that measure. And maybe most clear of all, we have this amazing new tool called the Virtual Fretboard. Yep, if you've never tried it out, just go to one of your lessons on Euctropolis. Go to one of your lessons that has a song, uh, not just exercises, but it has to be a song, and you'll see the interactive score, which is embedded on that page. And below that interactive score, there will be a button that looks like a little fretboard, little fretboard icon. And if you press that button, it will open a virtual fretboard. And as the music plays, you will see little dots appear and light up that will show you exactly the placement of that note as it happens on the fretboard. It is really amazing. And if you haven't tried it out, even if you do know how to read music, this can be really fun to just see the arrangement play out in real time on a fretboard. It's just super cool. So those are some of the ways that you can sort of get around having to read standard notation or sometimes even tablature. If you really don't feel up for the task or if there's something holding you back or if you're intimidated by the written music, then there are ways around that, uh, especially with the new technologies that we have at our fingertips. So that is completely legitimate. You do not have to learn how to read music or write music like Mozart. You don't have to be intimidated by that. There are many tools at your disposal. That being said, let's explore the other side of the coin. If you answered, yes, I do want to learn how to read standard notation on my ukulele. I know this is not something I'm going to learn in one day. This may not be something I learn in a week or a month. But I do want to get started. And where do I start? What is that first step toward looking at those notes and translating them into sound with my ukulele? Well, I have three suggestions for you, three strategies that I have personally used as I was learning to uh, read standard notation on my ukulele. I've also used all of these strategies as a teacher uh, when I've helped students to learn the very same thing. So let's get started. Once again, if you don't have that cheat sheet of notes in front of you, now would be a good time to get it. You just go to the link in the show notes, and that will take you directly to a free download where you will see the most common notes on the ukulele fretboard in standard notation and in little pictures. So there can be no mistake about where those notes are played on the fretboard. Go get that sheet now if you don't already have it. It's easy to print off and uh, have it on your music stand when you're practicing. So... The first strategy is called start with G. That's it. It's called start with G. And this is honestly exactly what I did when I was a 10-year-old kid trying to find a foothold on the fretboard. I was getting so confused. The notes were swirling around me. I didn't know up from down. I, I just needed a foothold. And I remember as a 10-year-old kid, I was like... I'm just going to grab onto something. 
and I grabbed on to G. This one right here. The third finger on the third fret of the second string. That note became the eye of the storm for me. That note right there was the one I latched onto. And whenever I saw that note in a piece of music, I knew where it was. I learned that that note was the second line from the bottom of the staff. And that became my note. (laughs) I took ownership of that note and I said, this is my note. And whenever it comes up, I know where to play it. And that gave me a lot of comfort and a lot of confidence because I knew one note. And in some ways, I couldn't have picked a better note to start with. The reason is because G is centrally located on the fretboard. I know now it sounds like we're, we're talking about train stations, but you know, G is sort of grand central when it comes to the fretboard. If I go right across the road from G and jump that third finger over to the A string, well, then I get the note C. I use that note all the time. And that's just right across the road. If I lift up the, the third finger and reveal the open string, E, well, there's another note that I use all the time. And just like that, with one finger, and by, by using G as a central hub and branching out from that point, I've found myself some really useful notes already. If I go two frets up from G and reach with my little finger, like that, I get the note A, same note as the open string A. And that's a really useful note as well. So just by using G as a hub note and branching out in all directions, I've already found a bunch of really useful notes. G to C, straight across the road. G to A, up two frets. G to E, by just going down to the open string E. I haven't gone over the other direction across the road, but if I did jump this third finger to the third fret of the C string, I get this very juicy E flat, and then I could go all the way down to the low C. So when G is my base camp, I can very quickly get to a lot of really useful notes. And I found that to be a game changer. And maybe this will click for you. Maybe it won't click for you. Maybe this will click for one of your students who just needs a foothold. Maybe it won't. But hey, it's one strategy to try. Okay, let's go on to a second strategy for your students who are ready to jump in and start learning how to read standard notation. And just before we get to this second strategy, let's not forget why we're doing this exactly. Why go to the trouble of learning standard notation when there are all those other ways that I described where you don't have to learn standard notation, especially using technology and things like the virtual fretboard? Well, the number one reason to learn 
to read standard notation, in my view, is so that you can read music that was not written for ukulele. It's that simple. If there was some melody written for the oboe, or the flute, or the violin, or the double bass, or the tuba, and you just fall in love with this melody, you find the sheet music, but ah, there's no tab. You know, it's those moments where learning standard notation really pays off. The ability to read written music that was not written for the ukulele. That is the power of learning standard notation. So let's go to another strategy now. This strategy is one I call plus one. Plus one. Simple idea, but it can make a big difference. Plus one just means take all the open strings. You'll hear, in this case, I have the low fourth string. Take all those open strings, G, C, E, and A, and for each string, do a plus one. Add one more note on that string. And make sure that it is a note that doesn't have a sharp or a flat on it. We're just going up through the C scale at the moment. We're, we're really focusing on C scale notes in this exercise. So, for example, let's start with A. Just because, well, that's the first letter in the alphabet. Why not? So the A string, let's find the next note in the alphabet. B. That's it. That's my plus one on that string. A to B. In this case, it's the open string to the second fret. And the next step, of course, is to see what that looks like on the musical staff. Let's find A, which is the second space, counting from the bottom. And then B is one of those notes that uh, you'll never forget once you see it. B is the middle line. It sits there on the middle line of the staff. There are five lines on the staff. Well, there's one right in the middle, and that middle line is B. So just to go from A to B, and to see the difference between an A note in the space and the B note right on the middle line. A to B. That's the A string plus one. Let's do the same thing on the E string. Here's the E. E just happens to be that first line of the musical staff, the, the one on the bottom. Now let's do a plus one here. And we'll go up to the first fret, because this keeps it inside the C scale, and we don't get into sharps and flats right away. This note is F, the first space on the musical staff. Remember, the first one is the one closest to the ground as we're looking at the music. So we've got E to F. And we can get a real clear sense of how those two notes look on the page, how they sound, and how they feel. And ultimately, that's what we're doing. We're stitching together those three senses. How they look, how they sound, and how they feel. And by doing this plus one exercise, we're helping the brain to just stitch together those three senses. And eventually, we won't have to think about it at all.
If we go to the C string and do a plus one, well, we go from C to D. That's the second fret. And once again, we look for these notes on the staff, C being the one that is so low that it needs its own line, and D being one that is low enough that it's just touching the bottom line of the staff. And we spend time with these two-note relationships. We're not trying to fly through the whole scale. We're not trying to do anything fancy. We're going back and forth between two notes and letting the brain, the ear, and the hands learn this together, giving them time to orient themselves. That's what it takes. And pretty soon, you won't have to think about it. If you have the low G string, you can do this as well on the low G, going from G to A, and so on. This is the plus one exercise. And you can make it a little more interesting by adding rhythms to it. Something that you might want the student to read during the lesson. Uh, you could just make these rhythms up on the spot. The point is to practice going between those open string notes and their plus one partners. That has worked for me. It's a small strategy. On its own, it is not uh, any kind of silver bullet, but it's part of a wider strategy to learn these notes. Finally, let's look at my third strategy for learning standard notation. This is called the Southern Cross. Now, my parents uh, grew up in New Zealand. You might have heard the interview with my mom at the end of season one of the podcast. They grew up in New Zealand, and in the night sky in New Zealand, you look up and you'll see the Southern Cross, which is four bright stars that together form a cross or sort of kite-shaped constellation. And there's a reason why this strategy is called the Southern Cross. It's because the notes on the fretboard form a similar constellation. The notes I'm talking about are the most common notes that you have to memorize in order to not feel lost when you're reading music. The notes are D, F, B. And by the way, if I just stop there, what my hand looks like right now is a G7 chord. So they are the notes of the G7 chord, which you probably know already. And the only other note beside those three is the note G, which we just spent some time with uh, a few minutes ago. G being that third fret of the second string. So, it's like a G7 chord plus the note G. And if you look at the fretboard, you'll see what I mean, that if you connect these dots, you'll get sort of a cross constellation of notes. Those are the main notes of the C scale other than the open string notes. So if you add the open string notes, you get this. And it's those southern cross notes that are the ones that you need 
to memorize. Those are the ones that uh, people say, D, ah, is that the first fret or the second fret? Hmm. In the heat of the moment, you can't be wondering if D is the first fret or the second fret. You just have to remember that D is second fret on the C string. There are some things in music that you need to be able to figure out. You need to be able to deduce them. But there are some things in music that you don't have time to figure out. So these notes of the Southern Cross, and there are only four of them. That's it. Only four of them. You just need to memorize where these are on the fretboard and where they are on the musical staff. Four things. Remember the days when you used to memorize your phone number? Remember how they were 10 digits in your phone number? I know we don't do this anymore because, you know, we've got speed dial and you got that contact list on your phone. But back in the day when you memorized people's phone numbers and there were 10 digits in every phone number, somehow we did it. I don't know how we did it, but we did. Here I'm asking you to memorize four things. The note D, the note F, the note G, and the note B. I think that is manageable by pretty much any student on the planet to memorize these four notes and where they are on the staff and where they are on the fretboard. And if you can do that, if you can master that Southern Cross, that constellation of notes on the fretboard, you will be a long way toward your goal of being able to read music on the ukulele. So there you have it. Three ways to get started with standard notation if that's the path that you choose to follow. And remember, no one learns how to read standard notation overnight or even in a week or a month or a year. (laughs) This is an ongoing process just the way it is with your mother tongue. You're always learning new words, how to read new words, how to read more efficiently, how to read more quickly. This is a never-ending process. We never stop learning how to read. This is true with the written word, and it is certainly true with music. I hope that's been helpful, and thank you so much to Colin and Glendon for the questions that inspired this week's episode. Thanks for tuning in to the Euketropolis podcast. My name is James Hill. I'll be back again next week with another real ukulele answer to a real ukulele question from a student at euketropolis.com. In the meantime, head on over to euketropolis.com and check out our library of unique online ukulele courses for beginners, intermediates, advanced players, and teachers. I'll be there answering questions all week and helping out in our community, which is a very warm, welcoming, supportive online community of learners. So check it out. And until next time, keep on strumming.